Hi, I'm Amanda. And I'm Kim. And this is The Department, a podcast about trends and how they define the world around us. Welcome back. This is episode 71. We hope that you are prepared to take a deeper dive into more trends that we have been spotting um, on the horizon and in our current um, social spheres. Uh, But before we do that, Amanda wanted to share something that she was reading about. Well, first, Kim, you got to tell everyone, you got to give everyone your spiel. So here is our weekly reminder to tell your friends and family about the podcast. Um, I'm always looking for a good new podcast. Generally, it tends to be um, about (laughs) criminals, um, but I feel like this is a great podcast for a lot of people to, (laughs) um, (laughs) I don't know, to to get a little deeper dive into the trends that are happening. So, you know, share, share, share. Um, Second, please make sure to follow us on any of the streaming services that you listen to. Third, make sure to give us a star rating on Apple Podcasts. And if you want to take it a step further, please give us a review. Um, Also, join us over on Instagram. We got a nice little community going there where we share a lot of photos and jokes and things like that. It's at underscore the underscore department and check out our website for show notes, images, all those good things. You can even sign up to our newsletter. Um, I have been slowly sending out a few newsletters um, just to, you know, uh, to keep everyone in in the mix about, you know, what's kind of happening over here at the department. So you can find our website at thedepartment.world. Thedepartment.world. Da-da-da. Um, yeah, so, you know, we have been talking about some of the trending aesthetics. And as we were talking about that, I was reminded of a great article from No Kill Meg, which is one of my favorite online publications. We'll definitely link to this in the show notes. It's called Aesthetics, Why the Trend is So Not Our Friend by Kennedy Smith. I thought that this was really interesting because... You know, on one hand, I get really excited about the idea of people deep diving into their specific aesthetic and like really living there, you know, and living it all the time and being very true to themselves. But I can also see how some of these aesthetics can be really out of reach or just not the right fit for a lot of people. It can lead to a lot of regrettable purchases and just kind of despair. So there's some really great quotes in here, and I'm really excited to hear your thoughts here, Kim. But one quote I think is a great start because this is something I'm going to tell you a couple weeks ago when we relaunched the department, I got a really surly message on Instagram from someone who was like, I think it's really messed up of you and like you don't have any integrity because you have a whole podcast and social media presence about like not over consuming and then you have a podcast about trends. I was like, well, 
I'm a scholar of trends. I didn't say that, but I should have. <laughs> I'm a scholar of trends. But ultimately, yes, there are trends that are relate to what people buy and what they wear. But also there are a lot of trends about what they don't buy mm-hmm. or what they do or what they eat or where they go or how they live or the kind of jobs they have and what they do socially. And to me, talking about trends is really about talking about people, you know? Exactly. Culture, people. Sociology, it's, yeah, it's awesome. And so they're interesting to study. So this quote is, trends are an integral part of fashion, albeit fleeting. They offer inspiration, a pop of color in a closet, and they are always reflective of the societal, cultural, and environmental events. Trends allow the individual to differentiate between likes and dislikes, all while developing a personal style along the way. Yet progressing trends and the desire for identity have drawn an influx of unique styles and niches that have no end in sight. Make way for the coveted aesthetics. And so that's what we're talking about. Now, it's almost like, thanks to TikTok and Gen Z and, you know, all of that, uh, Honestly, that I'm saying that and I sound like a grandma because I realized this was also happening on Tumblr, you know? It, it it's it's a social media phenomenon really where it brings people together who like similar things and they get this chance to sort of explore them and blow them yeah. up, you know? And then other people see it and say like, "Oh, that's interesting to me. I want to try it out too." And I think that's what that is at the heart of it. And really, I mean, we talk about this a lot. I know we definitely talked about it in the last episode. A lot of fashion trends for quite some time, and definitely since the rise of social media, have come less from the top, as in runways and designers, and more from people, right? And so that's what's happening with these aesthetics is really, it's interesting just to think about all of these retailers and designers looking to TikTok uh, much like they looked at Tumblr in the past to determine what they what their trend stories should be, right? Um, it's almost like a feedback yes, loop. Yes, exactly. But I do think, while I don't like people going out and buying a whole bunch of trendy clothes and then wearing them once and throwing them out, which we have definitely seen happen for no, a long exactly. time, there is something about this idea of finding community with people who, I don't know, fancy the same things as you is interesting, right? And it allows people to explore that more. So I wondered about the term aesthetic, and this article goes on to say that the term aesthetic originated in the 18th century. Um, It was created by German philosopher Alexander Baumgarten to describe the taste or the perception of the beautiful. And what I really like about the perception of the beautiful is, once again, it's this individual sort of community-driven, very personal approach to what you like or don't like, whether that's what you like to wear, how you like to live, what you like to eat, all of those things. Aesthetic feels so personal and not dictated by others. And this article, you know, once again, written by Kennedy Smith goes on to say, an aesthetic isn't simply the way one dresses, but a way of existing. What to wear, how to act, what media to enjoy, and even what meals to consume are all dictated by an aesthetic of your choosing. And once again, I like this. It's like of your choosing. You are choosing what you like and leaning into it. Because I have definitely had times in my life, I mean, more like when I was a teenager, where I felt like I had to learn to like certain things or get into certain things because that's what I needed to do to fit in or not disappoint someone or make friends or, you know, not, I don't know, 
pretend to be popular at school, whatever it was, like a lot of things were forced on you. And I'd like to believe, although I'm saying this is a much older person, that teenagers today probably have more choices about what they get to like, mm-hmm. can like, right? And they won't be outcasts. Hopefully. I know, and they'll like have a community somewhere, whether it is IRL, like at school or in, you know, in the town they live in or online. Like it's really opened that up for like, you have more options for who you want to be than we had. Um, you certainly could be the school weirdo like I was, but it was a really lonely place to be. And what would get me through that in a very early internet era was that when I went to college, that's where all the other weird people were going to be, right? (laughs) But now kids don't have to do that, which I think is really cool. No one has to do that. You can be 45 and decide you're going to get into Barbie core and find other Barbie core friends online, and then you can all wear hot pink and share your outfits together. Mm -hmm. Um, But the argument really uh, about aesthetic in this article, it's not really like against it. It's really saying that oftentimes, not oftentimes, but, you know, it it happens a lot. People find themselves falling into these aesthetics because they feel like that's what they're supposed to be doing. And I'm sure it's because they have an image of what their life would be if they could embody that aesthetic. But it's maybe not truly who they are. And a lot of these bigger aesthetics, I keep thinking of like, what was that one early last year where it was like all the white girls doing the clean eating and having planners. What was that called? Oh, the <laughs> I wanted to delete it from my brain because it was really <laughs> triggering. But <laughs> Yeah, well we yeah, we we did a podcast yeah, on it, right? That yeah. was the one where it was all where it was like giving everyone eating um, disorders. Yeah, eating like disorders and stuff like that. Oh, I think it was like clean the clean something like that anyway a lot of those bigger uh trends or aesthetics come from tiktok and influencers and basically rather than letting those people pick for you what you're going to get into how you're going to live your life because that's what an aesthetic is it's every aspect of your life rather than letting them pick it for you pick it on your own because a lot of the bigger aesthetics out there like this like clean girl or whatever it was uh they were really centered on white, young, thin cisgendered women, mm-hmm. really making it impossible or nearly impossible for anyone who doesn't check all of those boxes to fully feel as if they are like achieving that aesthetic, which probably leads to a lot of frustration, a lot more shopping, more green juices, more despair, more like sort of beating up on yourself. You shouldn't be, like, forcing yourself into the box. Like, make your own aesthetic and live it. You know, find your own community online. Right. Exactly. And, like, yeah, I mean, and I feel like people that are, are, that are doing, like, going full on cottage core, you know, with, with like, a, a cottage core Instagram and, you know, TikTok. I feel like that's a little bit fringe. I think it's just, it's taking these little elements yeah. that exist. You don't have to go throw everything and out. making your own it's thing. It's like the fashion trends that we've seen in this century, like, they were just clothing, right? It wasn't like, and you have to have this furniture and live in this place and eat this food and you have right. to learn how to, like, milk a cow and grow herbs and, like, only eat things you grew in your garden. All this, like, it becomes such a life reboot. And if that's not who you really are, what you really love, why are you doing that? Like, hit the brakes. I mean, it's cosplaying, just like we were saying last, le- in the last episode. It's literally cosplaying. Yes, yes. Like the old money. Yeah, yeah. 
Yes, old money and coastal grandma. You're cosplaying yeah. a wasp. Yeah, a coastal Which if that's wasp. like your wheelhouse, and you're like, I've always dreamed of like moving to Do Nantucket it. or something, or and, you know, oh yeah. I mean, honestly, that sounds really it does, nice. Kind of. <laughs> now that you talk about it, yeah. <laughs> but, now, now that but you I say do th- it, I do mm-hmm. think it's interesting because, like, we growing up, like our choices were kind of like you could be whatever the popular kids were doing, you could be whatever the nerd kids were doing, or you could be like alternative, right? Which is what we were. Yes, right? alternative. <laughs> and alternative was like a whole spectrum, really. Uh, you could be goth, you could be grungy, you could be a skater, you could be a raver, um, you could just be like a weird Sylvia Plath loving all black wearing poet, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> remember remember spoken word, you know? Like, but, yes, but exactly. like, it, it, so it was a much larger group, but that you might be like, oh, I'm goth, but like my best friend is a raver because that was just the world we were living in. And now it's like so much more dialed in. So if you're going to let your aesthetic consume your whole life, which is totally fine, make sure it's real. I feel like I'm mm-hmm. giving advice to the youth but uh, I also think a lot of people who are listening to this might feel this pressure to, it's probably a different aesthetic than some of the ones we've been talking about, that they feel this pressure to like embody this, whether it's like perfect mom or sexy professional lady. Mm-hmm. I hope you all have broken up with girl boss right now, but I bet some of you are still feeling that pressure, uh, you know? <laughs> 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 anyway, that's my two cents on aesthetics, but I I love thinking about them. I think that they're so fascinating and it's just so interesting how all consuming it becomes thanks to social media. I agree. Yeah. Have you embraced any of the aesthetics yourself or have you touched on any? <laughs> um, it's really hard for me to say. I think probably the life's the aesthetic that I live the most is probably cottagecore but in a very sincere way. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. I'd say oh, a gothic cottage horror. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Kind that of. describes you. You had that huge garden, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's not like you went online onto Tumblr and all of your other goth friends were like only eating black ice cream or something. Remember that yeah. place downtown? Yes. Fire. Have we told that story on here? I'm not really sure. But anyway. <laughs> I think we probably have. We probably have. Anyway, if they had black ice cream and black cones. Um, that's not what our story was about. But like, what if, you know, you didn't go online and your friends were like, you got to stop growing corn and start wearing, <laughs> start, start eating black food or something. I don't yes, know. Anyway. Exactly. anyway, but that is a great transition because I know one of your aesthetics is very goth. Yes. So this actual, this is a, the next aesthetic that I think. Um, is going to reverberate pretty highly with you, Amanda. It's, well, it's also big. It's so big. I'm seeing it everywhere. It's a, it's big, and it's so it, it's a nice way to actually kind of uh, explain it. It's called '90s Whimsy Goth, um, which was <laughs> this classic '90s teen look that I know that both of us embraced, at least in mm-hmm. some in some parts. Um, and I'm so excited to see her back. And Nylon really called it out, um, saying that it's taking inspiration from witches, magic, and Stevie Nicks. Yes. And you know what also comes along with Whimsy Goth? Crystals. <laughs> there you go. I told you. Mm-hmm. Crystals. So Sophie Seddon, a TikToker, goes on to say, and I quote, the best way to describe it is Sabrina's bedroom from the 90s show Sabrina the Teenage Witch. The whimsy mm-hmm. goth starter, starter pack includes velvet, lace, 
corsets, maxi skirts, floral, paisley, maxi dresses, chunky boots, rings, sheer tops, bell sleeves, lots of layered jewelry featuring stars, moons, and suns. I mean, that is classic 90s nostalgia. It's Phoebe Buffay from Friends, Sally and Jillian Owens from Practical Magic, and basically the entire cast of Buffy the Vampire Slayer or Charmed. Or the OG craft movie. I mean, uh, I mean, you you could see how many reference points there are. It's not like we had that many people to look up to when it came to style in the we 90s. We did. I mean, we've talked about that a lot. Mm-hmm. We did not have a lot of role models, okay? <laughs> so <laughs> those were that. Those are the ones that we watched. And so that's how we dressed. Um, and it is really fascinating that purple is coming back. And purple has okay. been... <laughs> I'm glad you're yes, bringing this excited? up. Because today I had this light bulb moment where I was like, oh my God. Purple is everywhere right now. Yeah. It's back. 90s purple. You're right. It uh-huh. is part of this trend. Yeah. It's it's purple. It's like that kind of burgundy maroon, you know. But, pur- but purple itself was just so big for this, this type of um, look. I mean, I remember this was, you know, my sister would wear this kind of purple. And, you know, it would be, we'd, be, we'd be going to like the... Um, Oh, what is it called? Uh, the Renaissance Fair? I, essentially, but no, it's at, at high school. We do like stage for uh, the drama department. Are you like in the AV club or something? No, <laughs> no, we would do like, um, uh, we would do all this, the stage stuff. And um, oh, wow. I, would, okay. I, would, I was the, I, yeah, I was the art director for the stage crew. There we go. Stage, okay, stage, okay. I was art director. And it had a lot of these whimsy goth moments happening there um, on the stage crew. In the 90s. Oh, I'm sure. You know what? You're probably not going to be surprised to hear this, but I was a theater kid in school. There you go. So I was in all the plays and all the musicals, and there was a lot of that in the high school theater community as well. Yes. (laughs) Also, I was in orchestra, and you would see it there, too. Me, too. (laughs) I feel like we're very similar. Very similar. We ran with the same crowd of whimsy goth um, that happened, so it's, it's just fascinating to see this come back and have it actually called something it is it is so a couple days ago uh you know i'm always on the reddit i love watching people and reddit is a great way to watch people without leaving your house and there is one subreddit and i can't remember what it's called but basically it's like what's the deal with like explain to me why this is a thing right now and people will explain it like he like there was one the other day that was like you know why is everybody talking about Prince Harry? That was a hilarious thread to oh read, by gosh. the way. Um, but someone said, "What's up with everybody dyeing their hair black right now?" <gasps> and I what? was like, "Oh my god, that is like giving me like a flashback, right?" Yes. Because um, everybody was dyeing their hair black in high school, and everybody was dyeing their hair black in indie sleeves, but they were doing like a better job. Yes, of it I had we it. Mine was black we in kids. indie sleeves. Yes. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people were, right? Mm-hmm. Mine was, yeah, mine was too. Um, and I I do see that coming back right now. And you were probably going to touch on this. I haven't seen it. But everybody's talking about Wednesday. Oh, yeah. Wednesday's. The show on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That the, everybody on Reddit was saying that they think that's where it's coming from. But it's obviously way more complicated than that. Yes. And that, yeah, that kind of, that's what I was talking about a couple episodes ago. Um, with like this kind of like black coming back um, where I was saying mm-hmm. that the, my prediction is that we're going to see a lot more black and it's because of Wednesday. Um, 
So yeah, I mean, I think that this also is an element of the whimsy goth is is part of that, and it's that um, that magical, um, uh, I guess, novelty that we haven't really seen in a while, and it's really fun to play with. I agree. I think this is like more fun mm-hmm. than Wednesday. This is it like is. your goth friend who also liked to go to Renaissance fairs. Yes. Yes. It's a type. And if you know it, you know it. And she loved some velvet, <laughs> even a velvet shoe, um, velvet everything. Like you probably, she probably had like a four poster bed, a choker, big, a big yes. velvet choker. Yes. 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 Totally. Really takes me back. Actually, so. About once a year, Dustin and I like to watch a movie that's really important to us, which is Oliver Stone's The Doors. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Which mm-hmm. we watched last night uh, until we fell asleep. And uh, I was noticing that, oh, my God, why am I blank? Bridget. No, it's not Bridget Fonda. Who is it? Um, Meg Ryan plays, uh, my gosh, I'm blanking on her, Pamela Curson, who was, you know, uh Jim Morrison's longtime partner. And as the movie progresses and we get into the 70s, she starts to really take on this whimsy goth look, too. I mean, she still has red hair, but, like, all this velvet and, like, burnout velvet and fringe and little glasses and chokers and layered-up crystals and stuff. So this is a trend that's really just, like, coming back, Mm -hmm. like, every... 20 years i guess <laughs> it just keeps coming back that they, they just they can't they can't leave it there's a reason why yeah. it's popular okay and i'm sure there's <laughs> a lot of it also at uh, um, the thrift stores too oh i'm sure this is something especially if you are in the pacific northwest get out there yes, guys like there um, absolutely yeah. <laughs> i mean and this was a lot of this kind of reminds me of what um in the mall not the limited but um Express. Yes. I think I did this last time. Yes. Express. I know you have like a mental block against Express. I don't know why. No, this is so Express. I agree. Yes. Because I had like a silver maxi skirt Uh, where you had like these sheer tops you'd layer over. I mean, it was just a whole thing. It was a whole thing. Now this, for all of, if you're really young and don't have these fond memories of the Express, then you're thinking of what Express has been for the last 20 years, which is like, yes. so I'm confused. I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> it's like I couldn't even tell you what's going on there. I haven't looked at one of those. I mean, I haven't and... looked at one in a really long time. But like, so, like the Gap, which is another one I bring up a lot. Expressing Gap used to have like a really curated assortment, and they were aspirational brands for sure. And mm-hmm. uh, you would find, I mean, if you can find yourself some '90s Express, that stuff was also like built to last. So pretty. Oh, yeah. oh mm-hmm. so nice. And then now I think they, for the past 20 years, have just focused on making, like, work clothes that you could also wear to a club. Wow. Like, blouses. You know, I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. <laughs> yes, anyway, exactly. Uh, Dustin was, was getting nostalgic for structure the other day and how nice, how they would have good stuff <gasps> oh. to you back in the day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, glad to see this back. I think this is good for all the Stevie Nicks fans, the goths mm-hmm. who have been, you know, nervous about wearing too yeah. much velvet. They can bring it back out. Um, and I'm excited exactly. to see like lots more people out there wearing shawls or whatever. And purple. And per- specifically purple. purple. I cannot wait for this. <laughs> lots of purple. <laughs> to see all that purple out there. Romantic colors. Yeah, it's very romantic. Burgundy. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. It's a year-round color if you want it to be. <laughs> It is. Yeah. 
Um, all right. So the next aesthetic is the weird girl aesthetic. And this feels particularly relevant if you watch The White Lotus as Portia. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but this is actually even louder and more ostentatious. And it is true dopamine dressing, maximalism. It's literally everything but the kitchen sink vibe. Um, and it was inspired by kind of this nostalgic Y2K Harajuku fashion, kind mm-hmm. of like we were talking about um, in the Japan episode. And, you know, it comes from that Fruits magazine type of look. Um, and, uh, you know, his style is literally all styles worn at once. So it really, you know, kind of how you were talking about the aesthetic of, um, of mixing aesthetics. This is that. This is literally all aesthetics at once. So it is a very democratic approach to, to aesthetics. Maybe everybody should um, lean into this one. <laughs> yeah. And it's, I mean, this is the kind of, kind of aesthetic that your mom would hate. It's mismatched prints and patterns really bold, loud colors, lots of like crochets and knits. The weirder, the better. DIY, um, mi- uh, micro tees with a skirt and an oversized size printed puffy pant with your homemade knitted, you know, sweater. I mean, I um, love this. Of- <laughs> I say this is, it's super fun. I say weird it's girl like- aesthetic for all, for all. <laughs> yeah i think it's like what i what i wore as a kid if my mom let me go into my <laughs> my wardrobe totally. and put on whatever i wanted yeah. and it would just be this crazy mismatch um it is fluffy hats chunky boots plaids prints tie-dye swirls rainbows all the colors of the rainbow you know um basically the more the mirror merrier and much like um many of the a- aesthetics this was one that can be thrifted and upcycled to really achieve this look actually pretty effortlessly and cost-effectively. So I have two things to say here. One, every time I would read a recap or a conversation about White Lotus, everybody would talk about how much they hated Portia's clothes, which really affected me emotionally because I Aww. love Portia's style. It's not, yes. it's not my style, but I was like, wow. You know, I loved, it too. I loved it too. And it was so fun. And it wasn't about like, I don't know. It felt like not very connected to the male gaze, which was pretty cool. Um, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. So the other thing I was going to say about this is what I love about this is you can literally wear whatever you want and it's okay. And I think that more people need to feel that permission because for so long, it's like, there, I mean, listen, I used to think the biggest rule everyone was worrying about was whether or not you could wear white shoes uh, after Labor Day. But it seems like we all got over mm-hmm. that because I wear white shoes all winter long. But it turns out there are many more rules that we've all internalized about what you can wear and when you what you can't wear. Like, oh, if it's a big bottom, it has to be a small top and you got to balance it with this kind of shoe. And if it's a long pant, it needs a heel and, you know, all this stuff. And so I think this could be really liberating. If you have a lot of anxiety about what to wear and if everybody's going to think it's okay, this is so anti-fashion. Just go put everything on that you like yes, and live. everything. Dylan went through a phase for a good three, four months where they would only wear this Spider-Man costume from the bins and these pink rain boots. And you know what? It looked great. Genius. 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 So, so I feel like this is also just about like leaning into your inner child, which I really yes. like too. So mm-hmm. something I have been thinking for definitely like the last 10 years, like just in my work, you know, as especially when I was working in apparel buying, is that 
it seems like the the biggest trends, if you will, uh, style-wise, fashion-wise, for the last decade or so, have really been coming from what is readily available in the secondhand market. They Because they start with the cool kids who are mm-hmm. thrifting or going to vintage stores, right? They have less money. They want to do their own thing. And then it gets picked up on, like, street-style blogs. And then, like, some of the trend forecasters, like the professional ones who will charge you your company a gazillion dollars to have access to their trend forecasts or come to their presentation, right? They put together all of these street shots of cool people wearing all of their thrifty clothes. And then that becomes like an aesthetic, a trend that retailers buy into, except they make brand new versions of it. But in many cases, they go buy vintage samples to copy, totally what we were doing at Nasty Gal, right? right? It's just so interesting how it just keeps going. Like, how is Urban Outfitters going to lean into weird girl aesthetic? Because this was, like, made for them. You know? I mean, you know, I'm hoping it will be just... Um, you know, showing styling of everything mixed and matched together, and actually <laughs> Put it going, all on. <laughs> and, yeah, and like going going out and getting plaid oversized pants and smiley face sweaters and 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 fuzzy tops, and literally pushing that as the looks. You know, and that's kind of that's that's that's, that's all I can imagine how they'll do it. Is you're just gonna kind of look walk around. Um, look, yeah, looking like a toddler who got dressed. Well, Justin's going to be stoked about this because he's been getting really into bucket hats recently. So, <laughs> the Bucket hats have been trending for quite some time. I know, time. I know. But he found one thrifting uh, and it looks amazing on him. And I f- he wore it the oh. entire time we were in Japan. He looks so cute. And so now he's like on, That's on the lookout right. for more. Yeah, it was a really good look for him. This trend, as well as the... Um, the whimsy goth trend, and there's going to be another trend that's called Betty. I think that Doc Martens is going to start seeing real success in this market because Doc Martens are you see them in a lot of the looks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, these big, you know, I you know, if you got stock in Doc Martens, you're doing you're going to do, <laughs> do fine for 2023. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think Doc uh, Martens has been having a really good like past mm-hmm. ten years because they somehow really, yeah. they have been a part of every look. They've been relevant. They yeah. just keep themselves very relevant. Yeah. Um, so the next trend feels like it was it was definitely bound to happen. Oh, but no. I'm still very, very fascinated by uh-huh. its appearance. And this one's been called um either Mall Girl or Abercrombie Core. Oh my god. Um, I <laughs> just wait. So this is it's like a Y2K embracement. So it is a version of the Y2K embracement of mass mall brands and it has been popularized by none other than the hadid and jenner empire uh, relevant i don't understand yes that. they are wow. um they've been you know scantily clad save for a vintage thrifted logo mall sweatshirt or like mini skirt from the 90s or early aughts um we're, we're talking vintage guest jeans Abercrombie, Polo, Ralph Lauren, and Miss 60 that have all been deliberately woven into their styles. Uh, And of course, this has caused a deluge of interested parties to start sourcing these nostalgic OG mall labels, particularly heavily labeled, you know, with the logoed, um, and has caused a renewed interest 
in pre-fast fashion, cool mall status brands. Um, And it really speaks to the popularization and universalization of the thrifting movement as well that continue to dictate to these trends. The fact that the Hadids and the Jenners are actually walking around, you know, styled with thrifted finds is a pretty interesting turn of events. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of noise about people recognizing now that the quality, and you just mentioned this earlier too, about the quality of Express, but the quality of the 80s, 90s, and early aughts mall brands are so vastly superior to any post-fast fashion. I mean, people people are noticing it and they're talking about it because everyone's been so accustomed to kind of the cheaper, more disposable products that came came out of the post-fast fashion world since the demand for faster. <laughs> it is crazy, okay? Like what yeah. we began to accept is, okay, that's fine. You know, <laughs> like I, yeah. I, it is wild when you, because, it, you know, I might have thought a place like The Gap or Abercrombie was really expensive at the time, but in the grand scheme of things, it, it wasn't like it was like Mm-mm. high end, right? But the quality was like remarkable in comparison to where mm-hmm. we are now, like leaps and bounds. Yeah, even down to like the labels inside the garments. Oh my god! People yeah. notice just the like every single detail. Like there hasn't been, you know, a lot of. Um, uh, cuts done, to, you know, to to reduce the cost here and there, and you know, you know, it's it's fascinating, and it's really amazing. It's amazing to hear that people are recognizing that. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I'm I'm glad for that because there's a lot of this in thrift stores and on the secondhand market and in vintage stores, and I see it more and more. And I mean, once again, it goes back to this idea that like what really dictates what becomes a trend or an aesthetic is what's easy to find secondhand. Yes. And, you know, they, they're they talking about how um, if, you know, there's people selling these thrifted finds of these like very, you know, vintage 90s, early aughts, you know, Abercrombie or Polo Ralph Lauren or Miss 60, and they're getting fortunes out of them. Oh my God, because not only are they hard to find, but the demand is so high now. And I'm sure, you know, five years ago, those things would have just, you know, gone for pennies on the dollar. Oh, for sure. For sure. It's amazing. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm glad I'm glad that people are using this stuff. Am I going to be getting into this trend? Hell no. No. <laughs> no. This is not my aesthetic, but I appreciate it. And when you said Miss 60, I was just like, wow. Yes. Yes. Now, that would have been a more premium, like, niche brand of that time. But I also, I don't know if you're familiar with the brand Triple Five Soul. Yeah, of course. They're, yes. they're relaunching too. Well, and there's revivals happening of all these brands. Like you just said, Triple Five Soul. Uh, Delia's was brought back by Dolls Kill, Juicy Couture, Baby Fat, and Miss 60, all being resurrected to meet the peaking demand. And even Gap, like you were mentioning earlier, Gap and like those classic OG Gap styles, because that was a mall status brand, they're high in demand. I don't know what that means for the current Gap, if they would be able to to kind of um, appeal to the, that customer base mm-hmm. with new clothes. Um, but, you know, that, I, I think that, that that's definitely potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'll be interesting to yeah. see what happens. 
Uh, it is. It's fascinating. It's really fascinating. That one was when I was shocked to see. I was like, what? The other ones, I was like, yeah, sure, of course, 90s. Every-. I was like, oh, wait, this was a huge part of the 90s. And the aughts was status small brands. Like, it makes absolute sense that they're coming back. I mean, that definitely, that like the aughts, especially the first half of them, would have been like the peak of mall in this century. Mall. You know, mm-hmm. like and and mall in a a good way, where like you would go spend a whole day at the mall, you know, mm-hmm. and not you're not a teenager, you're like an adult, but you're like going to go there with your friends, you're going to go shopping at all these stores and eat at the mall, and you're going to think that Cheesecake Factory is is innovative and new, and <laughs> yeah, know? such I remember, yeah, yes, yes, <laughs> Stevie mm-hmm. K, all that stuff. It was like kind of you know. What really destroyed them all was the arrival of fast fashion, you know, and it, these brands all followed that course because they didn't know how else to stay relevant and it just ruined everything. Yeah. And then like the traffic on the malls got ruined and all the big, um, the big, uh, the big stores, you know, started shutting and just, ugh. that whole period's over, but people are nostalgic for it. Yeah. Yeah. So the next one is called Batty. Um, and this was is derived from a slightly problematic term, which we don't really love to use here, but the term is bad bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, so it got uh elevated into batty. So, but despite that cringy name, it is absolutely super classic roots, and of course, you've guessed it, nostalgic tendencies inspired by like the early 90s style with those deep ties to hip hop popularized by BIPOC artists like TLC, Missy Elliott, Destiny's Child, and, you know, all the others that followed. And that look is very sporty meets sex pot. Um, it feels like that <laughs> Waterfalls video, oh, you know, with iconic. the big baggy car. Yes. Big baggy cargos and tiny crop tanks. And then, of course, you have to have bling. Um, And, you know, when it comes to the beauty, it's defined by super strong beauty looks, like strong eyebrows and pronounced pouty lips. Mm. This one, I think, you know, when you see it, you're just like, this feels like MTV in the 90s that we were, like, raised on. I mean, like, I've said this before, I don't say it again, because we please bring back old MTV. <laughs> I, I mean, I. It, how would it ever get re- resurrected? Isn't it now all? It's all TV like uh, programs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Dustin subscribed to some. I don't know some app that we can watch on. You know, like Google TV or whatever it is. I don't even know. Whatever. Ignore me. Anyway, uh, it's like lots and lots of channels, and there are a bunch of sort of MTV classic channels which doesn't mean they play classic videos it means that they play videos um but we'll put that on sometimes like sometimes they'll have old episodes of 120 minutes which was the alternative show uh it was so good right we put it on the other night and immediately there was a ministry video from their first album with Cynthia, which is their best album but they had british accents even though they were from chicago or whatever um it was like, I was screaming with delight. I'm like, bring back videos because I used to get so, <laughs> yes. I mean, all of it. This is the thing. For those of you who don't remember this time, that is how we got style and fashion inspiration. That is how mm-hmm. aesthetics were born and developed and picked up momentum 
in the 80s and 90s. It was via videos. Right? So I can, like, picture exactly. of waterfalls. Oh, iconic. Like, the wind blowing. It. Yeah. Like a thousand times. A thousand because times. Because they would just put the same video on over and over again, and you would just sit and watch. It was it was crazy how many times we watched the same thing over and over and over and over again. It was like, even if it was a song that I didn't really like or a genre that really yes. wasn't my thing, I could still tell you what the video was. Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, this is a really good look. I'm glad to see it back. That's mm-hmm. also fit into like the cargo pants of it all. Mm-hmm. So the next trends, um, they're a little bit smaller trends that I'm not, not going to go as deep into. But I got these from an article from Y Pulse that does a lot of um, trend researching for uh, Gen Z and millennials. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did a lot of research and reporting for me. So I didn't have to even do a nice. lot of deep dives. Um, Oh, thank you. Thank you, White Pulse. So this uh, this first one that they did was grunge sleaze. Ooh, and, this you know, sounds I feel like, like something this, I like in theory. Oh, yeah. This fits right in. It's basically a hybrid of indie sleaze and grunge. Okay. Like my grunge prediction, essentially. <laughs> grunge makes me scream, squeeze my knees together, though. I don't know. It just There's something about it, grunge. Um, <laughs> grunge. Grunge. <laughs> Ah, crunch. And it's like crunchy. Um, so Depop's, Depop's end of the year report actually showed a 176% search increase for wow. like the actual words grunge sleaze together, as well as a 100% increase in searches for oversized denim and baggy silhouettes and a 101 increase for leather. Um, I... Uh, and so Vice predicts actually in 20, 2023, uh, it's going to be the year of anti-dopamine dressing. Wow. You know, I don't think that they're taking in, into account the pink trend, but I think they're going to see, <coughs> we're definitely going to see anti-dopamine dressing coming in as people are constantly, you know, mm-hmm. looking for freshness. Um, and slobware, <laughs> uh, which... Wow, which, what, a, what an <laughs> aspirational name. <laughs> Yes, slobware. I think, I feel like I wear a lot of slobware. Um, It fit into that radar of like the chaotic, messy, and dark styles that come with all things sleaze. Um, So Vice even predicts that that word sleaze will kind of become the new quote unquote core as the sleazy, grungy looks starts merging with other trends. For example, ballerina sleaze is actually trending now so making the original core dirtier grungier and edgier <laughs> it's basically just taking it's taking it and just like m- making it messier and i really can't wait to see what plaza sleaze or coastal grandma okay. sleaze looks you've gone like. too far <laughs> can you imagine oh, i what know is, like is that crazy like when, like when martha was in prison oh Martha Stewart, everyone. The icon. Yes, Martha Stewart, everyone. Oh, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Um, Yeah, but the sleaze, I mean, obviously, obviously, you know, the fact that Vice is reporting on this, and of course, Vice was like the originator of Um, the sleaze. They were the ones that pushed sleaze to the brink of of all, you know, passions. And um, I'm not shocked that they're saying this. but, you know, obviously, not everyone's going to dress like a sleaze. So, 
I think Crow's Coastal Ground was probably pretty protected. I am just like, my imagination Mm -hmm. is going Mm -hmm. wild with Coastal Grandma sleeves. So if anybody like out there feels like just drawing a sketch of that or building a mood board for me, I would love to see it. And we will definitely talk about it on the show because that would be very cute. I mean, I just keep thinking about grandma had too much white wine and broke a glass and is passed out in the driveway Maybe had DUI. I'm not really sure. Uh, oh, it's like a, it, it's got to be like a um, a chino that has like ripped knees. You know, it's gonna be a little bit you know grunged up. A chino with ripped knees. Now I've seen everything. Now you've seen everything. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the next one. This is this one's been hardcore trending. Um, and you even saw this one in Japan, Amanda, and we talked about it. Um, but Seventeen Magazine predicts that 2023 is the year of crochet core. Mm, interesting. So legions of Gen Z and millennial crafters are swarming to TikTok to share their love of crocheting. And the hashtag crochet has 13.3 billion views. And all other related tags like Hashtag crochet talk and crocheters of TikTok mm-hmm. have billions of views. So the DIY nature of the trend feels itself to be super nostalgic because, you know, crocheting and macrame, those were all at the height of style in the 70s. So it's really fascinating. Um, it's a really fascinating figure that Instagram's year end trend report on Gen Z says that more than one half of respondents says they plan to make their own clothes in 2023. Okay, first off, I obviously love this. Of course. But did you know, the thing with crochet that is very interesting to me and very exciting, and this is something I actually learned from a guest from Close Horse last year, is that crochet is often looked down on as, like, not a legitimate... Really? fiber craft fiber art and that you know like apparently like in the yarn store scene uh people are really snobby and judgy about it like apparently knitters kind of look down on it and knitters are kind of hoity-toity or something um and so you know crochet is really looked at as something that is like very working class or you know like lower income like less artistry interesting obviously i disagree i think crochet is stunning i've seen so much amazing crochet in my life there's a reason why people want to buy it for festival every year and that's because it's beautiful uh i think it's incredible that young people are getting into it that this is like a trend on tiktok because this really speaks to sort of destigmatizing you know getting rid of this classist view of crochet yes yeah that's that's, that's crazy that you say that. I had never heard that. And you learn you know, something new every day. And when I learned that, I was like, what? I'm so jealous of everybody who can crochet. You know? My um, degree is in textile and apparel design. And so mm-hmm. we, I learned how to crochet and knit and all that stuff. And I liked crocheting way more than I liked knitting. I was like, this is, knitting was just insane. Crocheting was just fun. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, so there and, you and go. it's easier to pick up. It's easier to do. It just is like a really, it's a fun craft. Um, I'm sure knitting also is too. I just was not, never something that I was particularly good at. Knitting is slower. It is. And I think that part of the classism associated with it is like 
the slowness of it, perhaps that you can. I I was telling when we when I had a guest on Close Source about this that you know in my family I didn't know anybody who knit, but a lot of the women in my family crocheted. It was because it was fast. If you're working mm-hmm. a job and raising a family and take care of the house and all these other things, like you don't have time to take eight months to knit a sweater, right? right. Exactly. You need to turn things around fast. And I think that that was the appeal and maybe why crochet is a lot more popular with working class people. But I do think that like this renewed interest in crochet is a really political act and I really like it. And the fact that Gen Z, half of them, or half the people that that took the survey said that they plan to make their own clothes in 2023. That's insane. I think that's amazing. I mean, this is the end of the girl boss yes. era. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. I mean, like I said, I, I studied fashion design and textile design, and I learned how to make my own clothes when I was um, in my early 20s. And it was so empowering and so cool because I would I would just yes. I would be like, all right, I'm gonna make this dress for this party that's coming up. I'm gonna make this top for this party that's coming. And I would always come in and in these really unique things. And it was it was awesome, you know? So this is just a really exciting um movement that is obviously against all of that um that you know insane consumerism that everyone keeps um hating on you for, which I'm sorry that someone had reached out to you about. I think that sometimes it's just easy to be mean to someone you don't know on the internet when you're having a bad day because it feels like low stakes. I am a lot more thick skinned about it now and I'm like, you're blocked. Move on. (laughs) Moving on, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Bye. I don't really care how you feel. Um. (laughs) I used to definitely have this attitude that you could never block someone because it would be rude. Yes. Uh, And now I'm like, yeah, no, you're going to be rude to me. I'm going to block you. (laughs) It's very easy. It makes my day every time. There's no no reason for people to reach out. Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, so the the last one is 2000s Normcore. And oh, geez, this, this again. But this really feels like, because it's 2000s, and this actually feels like an echo of your sighting of what you called boomer core in Japan, mm-hmm. um, which, of course, um, you know, I posted some, some copy and images on Instagram, and that one went wild. People were crazy about the boomer core, um, <laughs> which was really fascinating <laughs> to see. Um, so Vice says that the new Y2K is real 2000s norm core. And Y-Pulse puts it pretty well. They say, well, Y2K style has glorified the most iconic fashion moments of the 90s and 2000s. Normcore taps into what people were really wearing every day. Bring on the cold water creep, creek, Amanda. <laughs> Listen, when we went thrifting this weekend, this is for any of you who are very boomer core curious or the cold water creek <laughs> aficionados out there. I saw so many amazing sweatshirts that would, I mean, you would be owning boomer core That's hilarious. if you wore them. I, I didn't it. buy any of them. Because I'm not, that's not my aesthetic, that's not my thing, Um, but I'm going to tell you that if you have been wanting to lean into this a little bit more, I don't think you should go buy a whole new wardrobe, but perhaps you already have most of it and you just are looking for the perfect kitten playing with yarn or cardinal (laughs) in the snow pullover sweatshirt, they're out there right now, Um, go get them. Oh my god, when is Urban Outfitters (laughs) going to come out with these? This is going to be next fall, 
I guarantee you're going to start seeing Coldwater Creek sweatshirts in Urban Outfitters. I have to, if I don't see a cardinal on a branch, <laughs> maybe two cardinals. Or the puppy dogs, lots of puppy dogs. Oh, yeah, totally, totally. I want to see birds in the snow. You know, I want to see a scarecrow and a bushel of pumpkins. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, speaking of, Amanda, are there any cores that you would like to see for 2023? Anything that you feel like would be really enjoyable to witness? I mean, you would have oh, never man. imagined that Ina Garden style would be a trend. No, that one, and I usually feel like I see these things coming. That one was shocking where I thought, when I first started beginning, started to see posts about it and read things, I thought, I thought it was like someone was, I don't pranking us all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Man, I don't know. You know what I wish? I wish that we would all start wearing outfits that were just like thrifted clothes that we sewed thrifted stuffed animals all over and it would be called... Plushy core. Plushy core. That would be It would be good. very maximalist. Yeah. I like that one. That feels good. <laughs> I want to see Kathy core. Um, <laughs> like, ack. Ack. <laughs> like the, you know, like the cat, like the Kathy comic strips. She, and, you know, it actually feels a little bit like, and there was a trend that was happening and I'm sure it's still happening. And it was basically, uh, I think it's called, they call it like frazzled. British woman uh, style aesthetic, <laughs> which was basically Bridget Jones' diary, where she would kind of be walking around uh. with like an infinity scarf and frazzled hair. This is kind of like the American version with Kathy, you know, where she's wearing her little um, uh, business suits and like heart sweaters, you know, acting all over uh-huh, the place. Uh-huh. I say, that, that feels real 90s. That, that feels Eating like chocolate. That feels like, yeah. that, that feels, feels like 90s normcore to me. Right there, it does. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, for sure. That's a full like early nineties norm. It it's is. It is. You gotta aesthetic. wear like weird blazers with a matching skirt, and you gotta you gotta wear like work wear. Yeah, but not like work wear where we've talked about it for a long time. Like Carhartts, we're talking like yeah. office lady wear. Uh-huh. I've actually, I've always loved the office lady aesthetic, oh, and that yeah. did have a little mm-hmm. bit of a moment during indie sleaze where it'd be like everybody would be wearing like their polyester. Like pussy bow blouses oh, with like right, their skinny because that was jeans. all about the sexy librarian. Yes, uh-huh. but this is like a le- less sexy, more. No, this is funny. Literal. This is literal. This is drinking the diet, your diet Pepsi, and you know, loving your <laughs> chocolate and feeling kind of guilty about it, but like you know, being a good friend and you know, ah, yes, yes, <sighs> yeah, I love that Kathy Core. I'm ready Kathy for it. Kathy Core, <laughs> Kathy Core. Yeah. Anyway, um. That's pretty much all I have right now. I mean, I'm sure there's about a million other aesthetics. There's so many emerging um, out of the woodwork that we'll be able to come back and do more and see how how a lot of these aesthetics have grown during the year. For sure. I I do think, I mean, I think we are going to see so much stuff this year. I think that people are, and I think this is thanks to TikTok and other social media platforms, people are more ready than ever to just wear what they want to wear, you know? And that sounds like it should have always been that way, but it hasn't been for a long time, if ever. There have always been so many rules about what you should or shouldn't wear. Um, And I think think we're leaving that in the dust. Yeah, correct. Exactly. 
Well. All right. Well, that's all we've got for you. We'll be back next week uh, with lots more hot trends and hot takes. Um, and maybe, you know, more stories about Kathy. I'm going to, like, now I want to just read a whole bunch of Kathy just comics. Kathy comics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's the every woman. She, well, I mean, wasn't that the thing? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It was like, I think she was the first, like, femini- feminist meme. Yeah. Well, because she was sort of like, you know, here I am. I'm out here having a career like I'm supposed to. I'm wearing business lady suits. And, you know, I'm... I got to exercise and I hate it. I'm kind of depressed. Yeah. Just hate it. I felt like she, and do you remember Ziggy? He was like, yeah. Yes. I felt like they were both (laughs) comics about, you know, clinical depression. Like, like, just (laughs) the, 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 the ennui of having to live life. Like, I get it. You know, I read them as a kid and I didn't get it at all. And as an adult, I'm like, Kathy, I see you. Kathy. You know, I know. Well, Kathy was always like, "Oh, that's for, that's for my mother," and I'm like, "Oh my god, she resonates with oh, me." Oh no, I hate, I hate exercise too. Ah. Give me a chocolate, yeah. <laughs> Give me a chocolate. She's like shopping and like getting new shoes. Oh. She had some bland oh. boyfriend whose name I can't remember, but like they never got married, as far as I know. Um, I think she was waiting oh, on gosh. it. I don't know. And just like what it is to like work in an office. Wait. When are we going to get a Kathy the movie? Oh, my God. Kathy reboot. Who would you like to play Kathy? Oh, gosh. I, oh, that is such a good question. It can't be someone too sexy, right? No, and it can't be someone who is sexy and then just kind of like gained a little bit of weight for the role or something. It has to be. I hate that. I hate that. Embodiment of Kathy. Okay, I know who I'd like to see in it, but I don't know her name. Did you ever watch Baskets? Oh, I love Baskets, yes. Okay, you know the lady who worked at Costco selling insurance or something? The really like deadpan lady, uh, and she had like a broken arm for like the entire series. <laughs> and she'd be like, like she t- I don't know. Anyway, she would be a great <laughs> Kathy. I don't know what her name is, though. Oh. But she comes up in a lot of comedy things that I oh, watch. Oh my gosh. I feel like we need to have Kathy at different ages, too. Like, we'd have to have flashbacks of Kathy. Like, what do you think Kathy's youth was like? Oh. Like, what was she What was she into? Ack. Ack. <laughs> Midwestern, I don't know. Midwestern upbringing. Okay, what if this is actually a prequel to ha- who we know Kathy to be? So there'll be, like, a lot of flashbacks to, like, her youth, and that's, like, the primary part. So it's like it's like Gossip Girl, like she's she's in she's in high school. No, oh my God, no. No, yeah, and she's like goth or something. Like, what if Kathy oh was really God. wild? Actually, it's like kind of like a dark reboot of Kathy because it's a, right, it's it's, it's a sort dark of like reboot. it's like uh, Kathy is on is living euphoria, Sabrina yeah, the teenage witch, life, but like yeah. Kathy gets into the craft, and then like. I don't know, like something really <laughs> devastating happens and it forces Kathy to like go to school and like become an accountant and, you know, live her new Kathy life. And so she like hits this point oh. in her mid thirties where she's sort of having like a weird breakdown or maybe it's even her forties. She's having a kind of a weird breakdown because she thinks she's missed her whole life and maybe like some like sexy boyfriend of her teenage years comes back onto the scene mm. and it just like sends her into this weird spiral where she's afraid she'll lose everything. <laughs> I think we just wrote a movie. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'd watch that movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hundred percent. I would. It'd have to be an indie, <laughs> an indie flick. You know, low production value. I would watch it. I would watch it. <laughs> yeah, it's totally. This isn't like a Marvel budget <laughs> or anything. Um. Anyway. Okay. Well, thank you for listening to this uh, movie pitch. <laughs> and if you want to make it, reach out oh. to me. I'm ready to write it right now. Um, <laughs> we'll see you all next week. All right. Thank you. Bye.